Hi everyone, it's Mike here again, and it is great to share with you a preview of our latest Moonshots Master series. This series is where we collect all the wisdom that we've learned from over 140 plus shows. And what we do is we study a particular topic and we bring all the best clips and practices together so you get your own little masterclass. And what you'll get in each of the Moonshots Master Series is a show dedicated to your personal transformation or perhaps to problem-solving, decision-making, thinking better, all that kind of good stuff. Or lastly, it will be about leadership. Those are the three big buckets that all the Moonshots thinking fits into. Personal transformation, thinking better, and leadership. That's right. And we pick all of those great clips from superstars, entrepreneurs, and authors and wrap it all up together. Now, you're only getting a preview of this. If you'd like to listen to the full show, get all the tools and all the goodies that comes with the Moonshots Master Series, visit moonshots.io, click on the members area and sign up. Be our patron. It's only a dollar a week and you'll get a complete masterclass just for you every single month. So head over to moonshots.io and become a member. But for now, enjoy the show. Welcome to the Moonshots Master Series. It's episode 15. I'm your co-host, Mike Parsons, and as always, I'm joined by Mark Pearson Freeland. Good morning, Mark. Hey, good morning, Mike. I am so excited, and I know you are too, to dive into this brand new topic that we're bringing on for our members on Apple Podcasts, Patreon, and Spotify today in the Master Series. I am so ready, Mark. This is one big framework, one big idea that has had so much uh, effect on uh, how I work. It has informed so much of the good stuff that I've been part of for the last decade. So I'm dying to dig in. Well, I tell you what, Mike, it might have the word lean in the title, but there's nothing slim about this. It's very, very meaty, in fact. Today, listeners and subscribers, we are diving into the idea of entrepreneurship specifically around lean startup, which I think is pretty well documented around Eric Rees, Mike. But I mean, it's just got so much uh, to give us and to teach us this idea of lean business models, right? It really does because I remember when I was first introduced to it and this whole idea that you can you can build something in a sort of a lightweight manner, you can test and learn really early and take all of the risk and fear and trepidation out of launching a new product. You can literally shift from this idea of being like, oh my gosh, I'm so scared of launching this. I have no idea if it's going to work. You can shift from that mindset to, I can't wait to share this product or service with our customers because it's going to help them. It's going to, you know, help them get things done in their life. It's going to solve some problems. Like you can really shift uh, towards excitement and away from fear because let's be honest, launching a brand new product, it is super hard. I mean, like one in 10 at best attempts is going to work. It's full of all sorts of problems, unforeseen issues. You've also perhaps um, most fundamentally, we've all got our own bias about what we think is going to work. And Lean Startup helps us get over all of those things and actually build something 
that users want. They want to keep it. They want to use it. They're thankful for it. And if you're really lucky, they might even pay for it too. Wow. I mean, Mike, if we were ever trying to convince anybody, whether it's our members, our listeners, or anybody in the general public about following Lean Startup, I think you've just made the case right then and there. I mean, who doesn't want to go out and create, I think we all, like you say, to build on what you were just saying, we want to go out and create these, these products and these businesses that, yeah, maybe they make us money, but also we get a lot of satisfaction from creating work that matters to people, that inspires them to maybe be the best version of themselves. Maybe it's creating a product that helps them uh, track their fitness or just live, you know, a nice productive life, whatever it might be. But to make something that uh, customers really like, that's the key thing, isn't it? Ma- yeah. Making a product that matters to people is uh, not only going to be reward- rewarding and solving that real problem, but it's also just a little bit of fun. Uh, it certainly is like discovering what people need and, you know, find their problem and then find the solution to it and get that market uh, that product market fit. I mean, it's all huge. And the crazy thing is, Mark, that this is all being pulled together, this idea of Lean Startup by Eric Reese, And he did everything prior to writing the book. He did everything he shouldn't. In fact, he worked on a startup that raised and spent $40 million over five years on a product that nobody wanted. I mean, is that not any creator's worst nightmare <laughs> that you, you spend years of your life, millions of dollars, you get it out there and you have this, uh-oh, <laughs> nobody wants this. <laughs> Has that, is that not like the worst uh, feeling? Um, but, you know, Mark, from that comes Lean Startup. So what a gift it was indeed, right? Yeah, that's right. And actually, Mike, I think you and I, we've made the case already and we've started to reveal a little bit about the history of Lean Startup and the framework and methodology that came through with Eric Reese. So why don't we give our listeners and members what they really came here for, and that's to get inspired. So this first clip that we've got is from a Moonshot uh, favorite productivity game who's going to help us understand Eric Reese's experience and how it led towards him being able to validate a business idea with MVP tests. In 2004, Eric Reese was the chief technology officer of a Silicon Valley startup called IMVU. IMVU's vision was to create a new online product that would allow users to build 3D avatars and interact with friends using their existing instant messaging networks. Their product would combine two popular trends at the time, 3D gaming and instant messaging. With complete confidence in their new business product, they got to work, putting in crazy hours to bring their idea to life. After six months, Eric and his team had incorporated all the major instant messaging services like AOL and MSM Messenger into the product, and it was finally ready to be released. On launch day, they eagerly awaited the thousands of people they thought would download their product. But there was one problem. No one was willing to download it. In an act of desperation, they invited target customers into their office and asked them questions as they interacted with the product. It became obvious after a few interviews that their base assumptions about what the customers actually wanted were completely wrong. 
It turns out that people didn't want to use existing instant messaging networks to invite their friends because they didn't know if the product was cool or not. However, people were willing to install a new instant messaging service that would allow them to talk with strangers using their 3D avatar. That meant Eric's work trying to integrate existing messaging services into the platform was a complete waste of time. Eric was frustrated, having wasted nearly six months of work building something nobody wanted. But he was thankful for having learned what his customers actually wanted before the company ran out of money. However, Eric couldn't help but wonder, did he really have to waste months of work to learn what his customers actually wanted? He quickly realized the answer was no, of course not. Eric could have simply integrated one instant messaging add-on service and shown it to a handful of customers and learned that no one wanted to use it. Eric took a step back and saw that his approach to building an innovative product was fundamentally wrong. His focus shouldn't have been on executing the perfect plan. His focus should have been learning which of his efforts were valuable to the end user in the least amount of time. Instead of relying on past experience, intuition, or focus groups to determine if what he was doing was valuable, he should have been deploying minimum viable products. A minimum viable product, or MVP for short, is a product made with a minimal amount of effort that is used to test specific assumptions regarding the value of an idea. The story of how Zappos, the online shoe company, got started is a great example of how to conduct an MVP test. Before Zappos became a billion-dollar online shoe company, founder Nick Swimworn tested the assumption that customers were willing to buy shoes online. Instead of building a website and collecting a large inventory of shoes, Swimworn approached local shoe stores, took pictures of their inventory, posted the pictures on a simple website, and then when a customer clicked on the buy button under the image of a shoe, he'd go back to the store, purchase the shoes at full price, then go to the post office and ship the shoes to the customer. Eventually, Swimworn was unable to keep up with the number of online shoe orders, and at that point he knew his online shoe company was a good idea. Once he validated his idea, he could be confident spending time and money, hiring a team, and collecting an inventory of shoes. Oh, Mark, in just a few interviews, Eric Reese and his team realized that their base assumptions, their primary principles for building this product were, in fact, totally wrong. Oh, that is everything we want to avoid, but this is something that the good news is, Mark, we do not have to make the same mistake. Isn't it crazy to think that just by a very small amount of user interviews, they were like, oh, we've built the wrong thing. Mm. Our assumptions are wrong. And this to me, Mark, if we can capture this moment together for you and me and our listeners, I think the big unlock for the rest of the show is here. And that is you don't have to go and deploy millions of dollars of capital to discover if you've got a good product or not. You can actually do all these early stage tests. It can be as simple as, wait for it, actually focusing on a conversation with the target user, the target customer, and determining, do they have a problem and do we have a potential solution here? And the, the thing is that for some reason, we're so quick to launch into, you know, building an army of people to build a thing, but why aren't we talking to the customer? To me, this is at the very beginning of it. You can build something very small, like a questionnaire 
You can build like a mock-up. A, uh, you can sketch something on paper. That can be the start of the conversation with users. And if you embrace this, you can build, measure, learn, get in this continuous cycle and you know, fundamentally change how you deploy your resources. So you don't go heavy up front. First, you kind of learn and then you release a little bit of your time, energy, budget, resources. And then you learn some more and then you deploy a little bit more and you can do it incrementally over time as you are confident, as you are, rather than guessing what people want, you actually know. And if you chip away at a product like this, iteratively, continuously over time with validated learning, this so-called scientific method is so powerful because at a certain point, you're like, hey, we got something. Now we can ramp up. At a certain point, you're like, I'm delighted to know that every night when I go to sleep, I know I'm building something that our users actually want. Mark, what did you think of this idea of like just coming back to the fundamentals and actually testing your idea up front? I think the revealing part for me <clears throat> is when we hear about Eric Reese and his team, uh, working on IMVU and combining two concepts or two ideas that were fundamental successes with customers, the idea of instant messaging, avatars, and trying to combine them into one. On paper, it sounds great. I'm sure Eric and all of his team, investors, probably family members, all thought it was going to be a slam dunk win of an idea. And I, I love the uh, revealing insight that they went out, launched it, and then realized straight away, nobody wanted it. But like you say, just a few interviews mm. was enough. In fact, I think the, uh, I think productivity game called out, they had the audacious idea, I think it was described, to go out and talk <laughs> to customers. It just shows how unusual it was and how unusual it um, perhaps still is in a lot of businesses to just get in front of customers, exactly like you've just said, in very simple, lo-fi ways of putting an MVP or a, a simple product in front of somebody and saying, hey, is this, is this worthwhile? Is this it? Mm. It, it can uh, relieve you know, six months of wasted time. It can remove that, like you were just saying, fear when you're going to bed, what's keeping yeah. you up at night. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to give you absolute confidence that what you're creating is valuable to your customers and maybe to your members. Yeah. And you mentioned getting things in front of customers. And I tell you what, we love to get things in front of our members. In fact, this entire show is designed, built and exclusively for our members who uh, we are so grateful for their support. So Mark, it would only be fitting that we do a tip of the hat to our members. A tip of the hat, a blow on the moonshots trumpet. <laughs> And please welcome in Bob, Niles, John, Terry, Marjolin, Ken, Dietma, and Marjan, Connor, Rodrigo, Yasmin, and Lisa, Sid, and Mr. Bonjour, Maria, Paul, Berg, and Kalman, David, Joe, Crystal, Evo, Christian, Hurricane Brain, Samuela, Kelly, Barbara, and Bob, Andre, Matthew, Eric, and Abby, Jose, and Joshua, Chris, and Kobe, Damien, and Deborah, Lasse, and Steve, Craig, and Lauren, Javier, Daniel, Andrew, and Ravi, Yvette, Karen, and Rahul. Please, thank you very much. Uh, accept our uh, love and appreciation for being part of the Moonshots family day mm. in, day out. 
Yeah, big thanks uh, to Raul and Karen for joining. And I, I want to tip my hat uh, to some of our members who have been with us for over a year now. Dietmar, Ken, Mario Line, Terry, John Nielsen, Bob have all been with us for more than a year. Um, it is like an anniversary wow. right now. We're super grateful for all of your support because you, our members, you are the driving force behind uh, this whole program. This moonshots train has left the station. It is um, really imperative for us uh, that we create something that you value um, because it is your contribution that helps us pay all the bills, take care of all the different licenses and subscriptions hosting that it all takes uh, to produce such a big show like this. So a big thank you to you. We really are grateful for your contribution. We hope you're really enjoying Lean Startup. And to celebrate our enjoyment of Lean Startup, why don't we listen to someone new on the channel? Um, It's a YouTube channel called Development That Pays. And we're going to hear about three awesome minimum viable products. (laughs) 